Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? I'm a bit discombobulated, Amy. Uh, I think you're going to have to explain that. You know what this weekend is? What? It's not Memorial Day weekend. Right. But you also know what's happening this weekend? No. Why don't you just tell me? The Indianapolis 500. Okay. I'm going to show something here that is a little embarrassing. Does that normally happen on Memorial Day weekend? Yes. That's that's why I'm that's why I'm discombobulated, Amy. That's Thank a big you. thing. Memorial Day weekend, greatest weekend in auto racing. Got the Monaco yeah. uh, Grand Prix over in Formula One, over in yeah. uh, Monte Carlo. Then you have uh, that's like at six in the morning, our time. Well, seven in the morning, your time, I guess. Okay. And then at like noon Eastern is the Indy 500 usually. And then later that evening, four or five Eastern, six Eastern, whatever it is, uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway race right down the road from you, uh, the Coke 600 usually. Got so, it. Yeah. Those usually happen like bang, bang, bang on Memorial Day weekend on the Sunday. This year, the Coke 600 happened. Monaco didn't. And now okay. we've getting the Indy 500 this weekend, which is throwing me all off. The well, Indy 500 is supposed to be run on the last Sunday in May. Yeah, but every today. everything's thrown off. I know. 2020 strikes it's, again. It's like, it's like the Masters is coming. Yes. I, let's not even get started on that. We don't even yeah. talk about that yet. That's going to happen in November, and that's really going to be weird. Right. Right. It's just it, everything's thrown off. So Everything. Okay. Well, I'll watch the Indy 500 this weekend because that's what you do whenever the Indy 500's on. No fans in the stands either, which is crazy to me. Well, so good for you. I hope that you enjoy it. I'm sorry I didn't know. You know, it just well, shows everybody's got different things. Yes, everybody's got different things. So yeah. So Amy, let's jump to the news this week. We start with a extremely, extremely sad story out of Kansas. Uh, the body of Marilyn Carter, a pastor's wife uh, who had been missing since uh, the first of August has been found in West Memphis, Arkansas, uh, just outside of the Memphis area in Crittenden County. They found her in her car, uh, deceased while searching the area. She'd been missing. Uh, We've talked about it on the podcast. A tragic end to a tragic story, Amy. And uh, we we just, I I was crushed when I heard this news. And uh, Adam Carter, who's the pastor of Leewood Baptist, is Marilyn's husband, uh, up in the Kansas City area, just on the, the west side of Kansas City out in Kansas, and uh, friends of friends, basically. I mean, we have a lot of friends in the Kansas City area who know Adam, who had been on staff, actually. He had been on staff at a friend of mine's church in the Kansas City area and uh, just crushed for this. So um, that yeah. I mean, they've been looking for her for a couple of weeks and, uh, you know, like I said earlier, a tragic ending. Yep. This this was hard for me. Obviously, we don't know all the uh, all of the situation. There have been some things that have been shared about the, the challenges that she was facing. But just having been a uh, young pastor's wife and knowing a lot of young pastor's wives through the years and uh, the the just the challenges that that life can bring, um, my heart was heavy. I'll just leave it yep. at that. My heart was really heavy. I think heavy. all our hearts are heavy for this one. I mean, you, this is just something we, we never want to see. And uh, just a tragic, tragic story here. So, uh, right. again, praying for Leewood Baptist Church and the Carter family uh, as they go through this time. Uh, some some sad news kind of at the EC, Amy. Bill Towns, 
yeah. announced his retirement this week. Yeah, this was uh, this caught me by surprise, as I'm sure it did you. many who, who <laughs> it caught uh, everybody by surprise. Yeah, and many who read this this release. So Bill Towns joined the staff of the executive committee in December 2010, and was named vice president for convention finance in February 2011. Um, so he's been kind of right on the cutting edge for the SBC annual meeting. Um, a lot of the things that we see now. In terms of the exhibit space, um, the app, uh, all, all of these things, new technology that's used there, he really is the one that brought that. Uh, so a lot of a lot of things that people see and experience that makes the annual meeting experience better, they may not have realized it, but they can thank Bill Towns for that. Uh, so he will be retiring effective December 31st, 2020, and uh, he and his wife Deanna are relocating to Georgia specifically to help care for their special needs grandson. Uh, so he has a, a genetic condition that just faces some really significant life challenges. And they really believe that this is the calling on their life uh, to to really serve him. And the way that he has just explained that and sort of been an example as a, as a parent uh, was a real model for me in the last several days that we have known about this. So he's done some, made some great contributions. And then this last act of what he is doing now to move on uh, to care for his grandson or to help care for his grandson. That's just one more thing. That's a great example to us. And also commend him for being in a place financially to be able to retire at 55. Uh, That's something that he's been focused and and had a concerted effort toward. So man, well done on that. Yeah, that's a, a great example, too. He has also served for nearly 30 years um, in his local church at the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, the International Mission Board, and the North American Mission Board. So contributed in a number of different ways. All right, some good news from Oklahoma. Amy, Send Network Oklahoma announced its launch this week. That means the North American Mission Board is going to partner with Oklahoma Baptist for a new church planning partnership that will enhance church planning across the state of Oklahoma. So this announcement came this week, and they announced that there are three Oklahoma pastors who are going to lead the network. Now, they're going to stay in their churches, but this is going to be kind of like in addition to it. So Doug Melton, pastor at Southern Hills Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, he's going to be the Send Network Oklahoma director. So he's going to be like the primary advocate for pastors and church planning in Oklahoma. And then Rusty Gunn, who's at Mm -hmm. the Church That Matters in Sand Springs up in the Tulsa area, is going to be the the church planning catalyst in Tulsa. And Ray Strauss, who's at Edmond Community Church in Edmond, is going to be the church planning catalyst in the Oklahoma City area. Okay. So So kind of honing in on those two cities, basically. Yes. So Pretty cool little thing there. I know Sin Network is doing these statewide partnerships like this across the U.S., and this is just the next iteration of it up in Oklahoma. So congrats to our friends up in Oklahoma. Hans Delbeck, good friend of the pod up there. Had him on here before, and uh, yes. the executive director of the Oklahoma Baptist. And then, Amy, we go to Kentucky. Some news, some big news for Kentucky Baptist. Coy Webb, I mean, he's been like the guy in yes. Kentucky Baptist life right. in disaster relief. Right. He's leaving and headed to send relief. Yeah, so he's going to take over the crisis response team for send relief. Um, he's long been the director of Kentucky Baptist Disaster Relief, known very well 
in Kentucky. Um, just incredible work up there, uh, has developed a huge team of volunteers and, um, there, and the release about this has some great quotes specifically from Paul Chitwood, who worked with him for a long time as he was the state exec in Kentucky and now Sin Relief working with the IMB. So it's just a very strategic role and I'm excited for him. We had this discussion the other day Yes, that whenever that name comes up, yes, we talked about what people think if you hear Coy. Whether it's you know Coy Webb, it's not a common name. No, it's not. But at least it's not outside of Kentucky, maybe. Right. But when we were having this conversation the other day, and George Schroeder brought this up, but I thought it too that the moment you say the name Coy, I think of that one season of Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. So that's the non-canonical season of Dukes of Hazard that I've blocked right. out of my mind with right. Coy and Vance. All right. So yeah. we're not even going to talk about that. Where yeah. my mind goes when I hear the word Coy is to the Ray Stevens Shriners Convention song. Right. Because he's the main character in the song and right. you know, he gets the Harley up on the high dive. I mean, right. that's that's where yeah, I go. But it's and just, everybody else is it, like, what are you talking about? How, how, am I, how am I the only person that like knows Ray Stevens songs at our office? That is a shame. That should be part of the hiring process. Not, I don't know what I was doing I know, hiring you. I, I know Ray Stevens okay, songs. I just, that's when true. I hear Coy, I think Coy and Vance. So... Um, now I've, I have very little memory of that season. The only memory I have really have was the, uh, when it was all over when Bo and Luke came back. That's what I, I remember. But, uh, anyway, just a, uh, a, a really kind of childhood memory there. But that's what I think whenever I encounter someone named Coy immediately, you know, so John Schneider is one of those guys recently. that I would love to meet one day. Yeah. Strong Christian guy, well-respected, just all-around good guy, it seems. There and you go. I, I would like to meet him one day. hes I think he's here well, in Nashville at times. So, Amy, over to the seminaries. Got some big news from Southwestern. I know you're like yes. fangirling like crazy here. Oh, so my goodness. So why don't goodness. you tell us about this? Tell us about it. All right. So this was a huge announcement that Southwestern Seminary has named a female distinguished professor, and it's their first person is the first female to be named distinguished professor. And that's great. That's a great story in itself. But the real excitement is who it is. It's Rebecca Naylor, who is medical missionary to India. And like, I don't know quite how to explain it, but she is this woman that I, she has so much reason to be respected and just had decades of service. She's made tons of contributions and lived over in India. She was a surgeon, evangelist, church planter. She served at Bangalore Baptist Hospital from 1974 to 2002, really grew this hospital. She became chief of staff, administrator, medical superintendent, all of these things. She started the Rebecca Ann Naylor School of Nursing in 96, was professor of anatomy and physiology. Like she's just done these incredible things. And then she uh, came back to the United States. Um, and, and then she came back to the United States after 2009. She was also uh, in, in another place in IMB after, sorry, never mind. She came back to the States in 2009, and then she joined the surgery department at University of Texas Medical School. So she's just incredible. She's a global healthcare consultant for Baptist Global Response. I'm a huge fan, if you can't tell. Yes, I can tell. So 
You know what this means, right? What? We got to get her on the podcast. We have to have her on. Yes. I mean, we've been we doing do this for five years. We should have had her on a long time ago. It's a shame that it's taken us this long to get her on. Well, I don't know if I'll be able to talk because well, I'll, I'll, be so, I'll be so speechless at getting... Right. But yeah. seriously, we'll get with Jim Smith, Colby Adams, Southwestern. Let's make this happen, guys. Let's just make it happen. Get Dr. Oh, Nader on here. Yeah, just let her tell stories. So, But in reality, I mean, if there was a Mount Rushmore of SBC women... Yeah, Rebecca Naylor, Rebecca Naylor is on there. Lottie yep. Moon, Annie Armstrong, Rebecca Naylor, and take your pick. I'll put you on there. Oh, thank you. But no, I don't think so. <laughs> They're way, yeah. But Rebecca Naylor, she's just, I, I, she's just incredible. And I was texting with friends about this when the announcement came out. Hats off to Southwestern. This is just a really, really great move. Hats off to Southwestern indeed. All right, some other news from Southwestern. They appointed seven administrative staff to the faculty over at Southwestern. So uh, some, so just a quick rundown of these seven. Mark Baker, who's the deputy director of the Darrington Extension Center, has been appointed assistant professor of biblical studies for Scarborough College. Amy Kreider, who's the director of the Doctoral Center for Writing Excellence, has been appointed the associate professor of foundations of education. Adam Dodd, who is the director of campus technology, has been appointed assistant professor of Old Testament and biblical backgrounds in the School of Theology. George Dyson, the director of the Darrington Extension Center, has been appointed assistant professor of Christian studies for Scarborough College. Coleman Ford, director of the professional doctoral studies, has been appointed assistant professor of Christian formation in the Terry School. And also appointed uh, was what we just said, the Rebecca Naylor as distinguished professor of missions. So she was the missionary in residence, and this is actually her as well. And then finally, in this release, and it talks about, we got another story here too, some really sad news this past week. Brent Ray, who was the director of the World Mission Center and had been appointed the associate professor of missions in the Fish School, uh, he would have been number eight here. Tragically, he passed away last uh, week, August the 14th. I know we had friends that knew Brent well, and we heard this news last week and just were stunned by this. So just a tragic, tragic loss in the Southern Baptist world. Yes, very difficult. I actually talked to a friend this week that had uh, is a graduate of Southwestern and had known uh, Brent Ray and was just really devastated by the news. So uh, hearing personally about his impact, you know, you just see what uh, what people mean to each other and, and the, the impact, even those that we may not know on a you know huge public scale. He had done just incredible things there on that campus. Absolutely. All right, Amy, we have some Spanish news. So SBC this week in Espanol here, Midwestern Seminary Spanish Studies Department, they've grown and reorganized the staff. So Bobby Sina, the director of the Spanish Studies, uh, announced the addition of Arnaldo Achucaro and Cesar Perez to the teaching faculty. And also Felix Cabrera, who'd been kind of part of the faculty there, is going to assume some additional responsibility. So uh, they're you know growing beyond just the doctoral focus of the Spanish Studies program. Up there, that includes a certificate level, three master's programs, and a DMIN degree with a focus on leadership. So, growing the Spanish department up at Midwestern. And also, speaking of Felix Cabrera, he's been helping out with the Caring Well Handbook, the Becoming a Church That Cares Well for the Abused, uh, that free resource from Lifeway. It's been translated and now available in Spanish for churches to use. 
Yeah. So this is a, a curriculum that's been out for about a year now and uh, came out last year at the SBC annual meeting in Birmingham. And so now it's available in Spanish. So that can get out into, uh, just can get be used more widely. So there are about 3,500 Hispanic, Hispanic congregations in cooperation with the SBC. And uh, it's just another opportunity for this resource to get out there. Absolutely. So very good news there. All right. That's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. So we're going to go to 1981 when Wyoming Baptists voted 83 messengers to their annual meeting, adopted a proposal to seek state convention status. Oh. Yeah. Wow. All righty. Yeah. Wyoming. Yeah, so they were meeting at Mountaintop Baptist Encampment. They had had a fact-finding committee appointed in May to talk feasibility. They had been part of the Northern Plains Baptist Convention. So that was Montana, North and South Dakota together. Uh, but they had gone through some some growth. And so at this point, we had about thir- we had 34 state conventions. So we had 34 state conventions. And so they were the Wyoming Southern Baptist Area Fellowship, part of this Northern Plains Baptist Convention. And they came together, had this fact-finding committee, and they unanimously adopted the proposal to seek state convention status by January 1st, 1984. And of course, now we have the Wyoming Southern Baptist Mission Network uh, with Quinn Williams as the state missionary executive director. And uh, there they are, state convention status. They're one of the 41 state conventions, but it all started this week in SBC history. Yeah, that's Quinn with one N, by the way. I always remember yes. it that way. I don't know why. but Like yeah. with the little rhyme, that's, that's fun. Cool. Yeah. Quinn with one N. Uh, yes. Right. So congratulations to them. I mean, you've been around, what, now 37 years. So pretty exciting right there. For them to uh, do that. And I, I think they're still meeting in a couple of weeks or in a couple of months. So we got some big state convention news. We're not dropping all that yet. We're trying to compile everything. Uh, there was some news out of Tennessee this week. We talked about North Carolina last week. So trying to get everything together. We'll be sharing that with you down the road. Amy, our, our falls won't be the same with no, it will be 14 very different, different yeah. state convention stories to go over every week. Yeah. So it's yeah. going to be weird. All right, well, that's going to move us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is a webinar. I know that sounds kind of boring, but it's from the ERLC on the Uyghur Muslims in China and the Chinese repression of uh, religious liberty. So China's rising threat to human rights. Uh, it it was a, a webinar today, actually, when this is dropping. So it might actually be over by the time you listen to this. But there's a story, and you can probably watch the replay of that. But I would highly recommend watching that. Uh, with the Chinese Communist Party's oppression of Uyghur Muslims in the Xinjiang region, up, up in the northwestern part of the country. So there were some videos that had gone around recently on just kind of showing that treatment and everything. And uh, the Chinese government has kind of been uh, repressing that information. So uh, ERLC getting out there, showing people what's going on, talking about the religious liberty threats posed in China, especially to Uyghur Muslims as well as Christians in the country. So be sure to check that out. A, a very, very important uh, conversation happening right now in the world. Amy, your resource of the week is? It is a town hall 
That is going to be next week, August 25th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time online. Uh, You can get to it on Zoom, Facebook, or YouTube, and it is hosted by the National African American Fellowship. I cannot um, wait for this, by the way. I know. I am I'm so act- excited for I'm this. really excited. So there's there they have panelists, um, Fred Luter, Jason Lumpkin, who is the senior pastor at Woodstock Church Austell, Connor Nelson, who she's the senior vice president no, of Kana. human human relations at Lifeway, Trillian Newbell, um, who is director of community outreach for the ERLC, Kevin Smith, executive director of the Baptist Convention of Maryland, Delaware, and Frank Williams, who is the senior pastor of Bronx Baptist Church and Wake Eden Community Baptist Church. And so basically it's just providing the NAAF a platform to share some of their insights uh, on, I would say, current events, things that are going on. So there's um, a website we'll, we'll put in the show notes and a video where uh, Marshall Osbury's, you know, kind of ta- talking about it, explaining about it, but then it will be on Tuesday, August 25th. And if for some reason you're listening to this after that's happened, I'm sure it's still going to be online and available. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So catch it live or catch it later. I'm going to be watching it live. I'm very excited about this. Yes, same. So we'll have a story at Baptist Press next uh, Tuesday afternoon. Probably Dino will work on that and get that done. Yep. So uh, really looking forward to that. So yeah, anytime the NAAF does stuff uh, like this, uh, it's worth a it's worth tuning in too. All right, that's going to do it for our show this week. Amy, who are you picking in the Indy 500? Um, remember that part where I didn't know when it ran? Yeah. That also translates to I have no idea. I'm going to probably okay. read books this weekend. So, all right. Well, and cook. Marco Andretti's on the poll. I don't think he'll win. Okay. We'll see. I'll see. So, but it would be neat to see an Andretti win again at Indy. So, absolutely. Yes. I will wish that for you. You know, you know the name Mario Andretti, though. Absolutely. I I do. It was in a song that Amy Grant sang. You like to drive like Mario Andretti? Oh, wow. I like it taking my. Okay. Yeah. Okay. On that note, we'll see you next week. See you next week.